your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, we're going to take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the first 32 games for the Minnesota Wild. We'll start off by taking a look at the good, and there has been plenty of it so far this year. We'll take a look at some things the Wild can improve upon and uh, some things that have definitely stood out in a bad way so far this season. We'll also preview the uh, Wild's game tonight against the San Jose Sharks. My name is Seth Topal, CEO and co-founder of MiniIce.com, taking over as your Locked On Wild host. Happy to be here and uh, talking all things wild with you. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Wild podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes every day and stay up to date with everything wild. So let's get to it. First off, we're going to start by talking about Everything that we like so far about this wild team, and let's be honest, there is uh, plenty to like uh, from what we've seen so far from the wild. Currently sitting in third place, 21-10-1 so far this season, and they're just four four points out of first place. That honor going to the Vegas Golden Knights at 23-8-1. Colorado in second place, the wild three points back there with a game in hand. And uh, the Avalanche, 21-8-4. Now, maybe we weren't expecting the Wild to be this good this quickly, but uh, I I think if we go with what has worked well so far, the conversation has to start and end with Kirill Kaprizov, who we waited to see for years be able to finally come over and uh, showcase his talents here in the United States. I don't think anybody could have written a better script for Kaprizov through his first 32 games. He has 27 points, 11 goals, and 16 assists, and has been one of the pleasant surprises so far for this wild team. He showcased his speed, his puck handling ability, and has uh, really been a driving force as to why this team has played as well as they have. He's unlocked the uh, Mats Zuccarello uh, offensive experience, and uh, has at times had Victor Rask looking like a contributing player as well. Uh, now, we'll talk about this coming up a little bit later, but it has showed that the uh, the Wild do need a couple of other top-end players to pair with that uh, Kaprizov skill. But we're focusing on the positive right now. So Kaprizov has uh, just looked unbelievable uh, so far this season, you may remember from uh, one of the previous matchups against the Colorado Avalanche in which Kaprizov took the puck and skated around the entirety of the Colorado zone uh, to uh, to try to get some open looks. He had the wraparound goal against the LA Kings in which he was pulled to the ice and was still able to, uh, to score. Oh, and he already has a hat trick as well. So it's been just a uh, wild ride for Kaprizov so far. And... Uh, Honestly, as far as what he can become, and this will probably be something we look at in a future episode, 
sky's really the limit. He has come in and has been so good from the get-go that honestly, if he stays healthy, he is going to rewrite a lot of records that this wild team had before he got here. And as Minnesota fans, we don't get a chance to see that all that often, so we should definitely be appreciative of what he has brought to the table here so far this season. Now, some other things that have gone well so far for the Wild this year. We will switch over to the uh, the goaltending department, and we have to start there with Capo uh, Kakinen. 12-5-0 in 17 starts is a 2.29 goals allowed average, a 9.21 save percentage, two shutouts in his rookie campaign for the Wild. And for Kakinen, we didn't know what to expect when he uh, started the season with the Wild. We figured that Cam Talbot would be the starter and that uh, Alex Stalock would be the backup for the Wild. We figured that would be the goalie room and that, uh, that Kakinen would get some more seasoning down in Iowa. That script pretty quickly flipped as Stalock started the year on injured reserve and uh, was later claimed on waivers. And Cam Talbot was the starter, but Kakinen started the year as the backup. Then Talbot got hurt for a stretch, so Kakinen got regular playing time, uh, and uh, he did not disappoint the team whatsoever, and he has been one of the better rookie goalies in the entire league uh, so far this season. In fact, he had... uh, a nine-game winning streak that was unfortunately snapped by the Colorado Avalanche when he lost six to nothing. But a nine-game winning streak, as mentioned, he's got the twelve wins, and he just has looked sensational uh, throughout most of the season. So, Capo Kakinen has definitely been another bright spot here for this team so far. Um, I have no reason to believe that he can't continue to uh, be as successful as he has been. Because uh, another bright spot, and this is not one that we're going to touch on a whole lot because uh, you know the names. Uh, The Wild defense just continues to be uh, unbelievably good in front of these goalies. And Talbot has not been bad himself. Talbot has had some really great starts, uh, including a shutout against the St. Louis Blues in the Wild's most recent game. Uh, Talbot has had great uh, play here this season as well. So it's been uh, some good work by both goalies. And uh, that has led to this team being in third place and uh, off and running ever since they uh, they got slowed down by COVID-19. This team has just been in a full sprint uh, and has been very successful, something that I don't see any reason to suspect can't uh, continue here uh, as the season progresses. So that is uh, a little bit of a look at what has gone well so far for the Wild. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the things that haven't gone particularly well for the Wild so far this season. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now, Big question that needs to be answered, though, is what is the best Built Bar flavor? Well, that's where Built Bar Madness comes into play. If you head to BuiltBar.com, you can see the Built Bar Madness bracket, which is making its way to the flavorful four. And just think about some of these flavors. Cookies and cream, mint brownie, chocolate dough chunk. 
I mean, you cannot get any better than that. So cast your vote for the best Built Bar flavor. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Make sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. I should mention as well, if you want to interact with me outside the show, since today is my first episode of Lockdown Wild, uh, you can follow me at Seth Topes, S-E-T-H-T-O-U-P-S. Also, you can follow MiniIce.com and the Mini Ice Podcast as well to stay up to date on plenty of wild news. Okay, so we are going to look now at some of the things that the Wild have not done particularly well so far this season. And I'm going to focus in on a couple of veterans that have not performed up to the level that they probably want to so far this season. And uh, there are several to choose from. I will probably talk the most about what has been going on with Zach Parisi so far this year. Earlier in the season, Parisi was a healthy scratch after uh, trying to get Marcus Foligno a hat-trick uh, in a game against the Vegas Golden Knights in which the uh, the Wild had a one-goal lead. They were trying for the two-goal lead on an empty netter, and uh, Parisi forced a pass to Felino. He ended up turning it over. The uh, Golden Knights came down and scored to tie the game, and the Wild ended up losing 5-4 to four in overtime. Parisi, after the game, defended his actions and uh, said that he was trying to get Felino that hat trick and uh, he would do the same for any other teammates um, on the team in similar situations. But let's look at it this way. Uh, Parisi, through 29 games, has 12 points. He has three goals, and he has not scored a goal since all the way back on February 24th against the Avalanche. That's the last goal that Parisi scored in a game. Uh, In fact, he has uh, just four points so far here in the month of March. And I got to give credit to Dean Evason for the decision to bench Parisi uh, for his actions, which uh, largely led to uh, a loss in that Golden Knights game. I should also point out the fact that Parisi was supposed to be coming off the ice for a change and stayed on the ice to try to help Felino get the hat trick and as a result ended up taking a long shift and uh, that led to that loss. So was it specifically Parisi's fault? Probably not, but did he uh, did he help uh, the Wilds uh, lose that game against Golden Knights? Yes, and if you look at the standings and the fact that the Wild are trailing the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. Those are games you got to have. So Parisi has uh, has not performed well. Granted, he's basically playing a fourth-line role at this point because of how well uh, the, uh, the top few lines have been doing so far this season. But it's not just Parisi. I mean, Nick Bugstad, although Bugstad has played better over the uh, the last handful of games, so he's starting to pick up his performance. And uh, you have some other guys. Nick Benino is one who just has kind of blended in. He, he hasn't done anything to particularly hurt the team, 
but he certainly has not contributed much on the on the offensive end of the ice, other than winning faceoffs, which is something that the Wild routinely struggle with uh, this season, is uh, just simply being able to uh, win faceoffs to help themselves get better positioning uh, in the opponent's zone. Faceoffs have been a major issue, not just this year, but uh, it has been for a uh, a very long time. So that is uh, another thing that this team's going to have to work on, and I really don't know how that gets fixed. I mean, I think the only thing you can really do is just get centers who are uh, better at, uh, at winning faceoffs. I think that's about it, and that's something that we'll have to look more at in the offseason. There are certainly some options coming up the pipe for this wild team, but as of right now, you got to just do what you can with, uh, with what you have. I want to key in on one particular series that seemed to, uh, to draw the ire of fans. That, of course, being the most recent series against the Colorado Avalanche, in which the Wild lost by scores of 5-1 uh, and 6 to nothing. The Wild had uh, just taken two from the Vegas Golden Knights and three from the Arizona Coyotes, in which the uh, Wild outscored the Coyotes 11-1. to then they turn around and they get outscored 11 to 1 by the Avalanche in those two games. I understand the frustration and the fact that if the Wild want to get to the playoffs and they want to advance, they need to win those games. But people were playing it as if the season had ended and it was just two losses, granted, two pretty lopsided losses. Uh, by the Wilds to the Avalanche, the team in front of them in the standings. So I see both sides of it. I understand the frustration because you've been playing such good hockey since COVID-19 happened. And uh, to not be able to sustain that against uh, a team that you're chasing in the division standings is frustrating. But at the same time, the Avalanche were playing incredibly good hockey themselves at that point that the Wild went up against them. So, yes, it was frustrating. The Wild bounced back, and they beat Anaheim to uh, shake off that losing streak. And you look at the numbers, and the Wild still have been playing some of the best hockey in the entire NHL since, uh, since their COVID shutdown. So, yes... That was uh, that was a bad series against the uh, the Avalanche and the Wild. Do need to pick it up a little bit against both Vegas and Colorado. Um, the Wild did bounce back against Vegas after the uh, the couple of losses that they took out in Vegas, but uh, the Golden Knights were also missing a couple of their top players as well. So that has been another negative at least so far, is that the Wild have been beating the teams below them in the standings, but they've just been kind of holding serve uh, against the teams above them in the standings. So that would be something that I would also like to see them uh, try to get figured out a little better, is uh, how to more adequately contend with the Golden Knights and with the Avalanche as well. So those have been a couple of the uh, the bad things that we've seen from this wild team so far this season. Next up, we're going to take a look 
at the ugliest of the season. There are a couple of things that the Wild are just going to have to flat out start over with once the uh, the season is finished and they have the full off season to uh, to take a look at them. So coming up next, we'll take a look at some of the ugliest things that have happened so far for the Wild despite their success and uh, some areas that they're just going to have to flat out reset once we get to the off season. But first, let's talk a little bit about bet.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Elite Eight is here for the NCAA tournament. Major League Baseball is coming soon. Plus, the NHL and the NBA are in full swing. Even with the NFL not going on, there are plenty of things to bet on. And if you're not the biggest sports fan, you can bet on anything else, including awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Plus, if you want to do a little research before you throw your money down, BetOnline's got you covered too. They've got all the latest news, scores, and odds. It's simply the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to betonline.ag on your computer or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're playing fantasy hockey like I am, you're going to take any advantage you can get. So get the upper hand in your league with daily fantasy advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so going with the good, the bad, and the ugly theme here for today's show you can probably guess what's coming next. We've talked about the good, we've talked about the bad, and now we're going to talk about the just downright yikes. And uh, there has been one area that the Wild have struggled with, to put it mildly, the power play. Now, it has picked up a little bit over the last few games, but the Wild sitting right now, dead last in the NHL with a 9.7% power play percentage just ahead of record pace. I'll explain the record pace in a second, but the Wild have 10 power play goals in 103 power play opportunities. Just ahead by a couple percentage points of Anaheim, who is 9 of 81, and Detroit, who is 12 of 104. Now, what is the best, you may ask? Well, that's the Carolina Hurricanes, who have 32 power play goals and 106 power play opportunities. So they have three more power play opportunities than the Wild do, and 22 more power play goals. It's been just awful all season. And... You look at it, the crazy thing is that to the uh, to the naked eye, it looks better. The Wild are actually moving the puck uh, a little more than they had in uh, previous seasons on the power play. The results just aren't there, and to be honest, it comes down to one thing. The Wilds are taking shots from low-risk areas that allow for opposing goalies and opposing defensemen to make easy, clean blocks or saves uh, when they uh, when the Wild shoot from those spots. 
Uh, and it, I mean, you can just pinpoint to the uh, the spots right on the ice that the uh, the Wild routinely shoot from, and there isn't a lot of the high leverage shots being taken. That's uh, a new stat that uh, that I've started to uh, take a look at a little more fr- uh, a little more frequently here this season. Is those uh, high leverage uh, or, or tough shots? The Wild just aren't taking them. They are taking shots from uh, from comfortable areas, but areas that uh, that leave some pretty easy save opportunities for opposing goalies. And so you have that on the good end, where the Wilder may be getting a few shots. They pass a ton, trying to set up those perfect looks. The analogy that I use, uh, at least in previous seasons, now it's a little better this year, is you're driving in a parking lot trying to find a spot to park and you come up to a spot that is somebody parked a little bit over the line and so you you look at it and you say you know I I could fit in there if I really wanted to but it just it, it seems like it's a little bit too cramped so I'm just going to I'm just going to go find a different one and you spend just way too much time going through and uh, and trying to find uh, a parking spot. And then all of a sudden you look up and you had, you know, 20, 30 minutes for your lunch break. And uh, you look up and that time is gone. And you haven't found a parking spot and you uh, didn't get a chance to eat lunch. And so uh, it's, it's a similar feel for this wild power play. And I think a lot of it has to do like I said, with the uh, the shots they're taking, but it also has to do with some of the personnel as well. I mean, midway through this first half of the season, we finally saw Jordan Greenway get significant power play time. Just because players have had a lot of power play time in previous seasons doesn't mean that they necessarily deserve it this year. We're seeing a little bit of that with Dean Evason being more um, okay with making major changes to things and uh, and just trying to get results. So I think this is something that they're just going to have to look at in the offseason and really going to have to figure out um, who makes the most sense. And, uh, in fact, this will be a topic that we uh, address maybe as the season goes on or for sure in the offseason. Uh, always... Just a note for uh, for anybody doing a podcast, always have a notebook with you, and if an idea pops into your head, just write it down. So we'll take a look extensively at the power play uh, to try to figure out the players that make the most sense and uh, and how the Wilds can, uh, can try to figure this out. Uh, they are just ahead of the record pace for futility with the power play. The Tampa Bay Lightning have that honor. Uh, from back in the 1992-1993 season um, at uh, 9.3%. So the Wild were actually at right around 7% for a good chunk of the season. Um, they have obviously been picking their power play up a little bit over the past few weeks, uh, and hopefully they continue to do that. Maybe they're just saving all the makes uh, until the end of the season. I, I would be perfectly fine with that. Before we wrap up here this final segment, just want to take a quick look at uh, the matchup against the San Jose Sharks tonight. Uh, The Sharks not having a particularly good season 
at uh, 13, 16, and 4. They are 5, 6, and 2 at home. The Wild 8, 7, and 1 on the road. And, uh, of course, you look at uh, the points leaders, top points uh, totals for the uh, San Jose Sharks. And uh, Evander Kane is right up there, as is Logan Couture and uh, Timo Meyer. Uh, Couture and Kane tied for the team lead in goals with 14 assists. Timo Meyer and Kane uh, have 15 apiece. So uh, those are going to be some of the players to pinpoint for the uh, the Wild. And uh, the goalie situation, not a particularly good one for the Sharks. Martin Jones, 10-7-2, 3.32 goals allowed average, a save percentage of 898. And, of course, former Wild goalie Devin Dubnik was 3-9-2 with a 3.18 goals allowed average. And an 898 save percentage. So both goalies, Dubnik actually has a shutout this year. Uh, both goalies with that 898 save percentage, which is not ideal. So uh, we will have a full recap of tonight's game for you t- on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Wild. But uh, that's just a little bit of a primer for you for tonight's game to get you started. Before we sign off, make sure to follow and subscribe to Locked on Wild wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to check out my social media accounts at Seth Topes on Twitter. And also check out miniice.com for some of my written work on the Minnesota Wild. Since we're playing the Sharks tonight, make sure to check out the Locked on Sharks podcast for a further preview into tonight's game and a little bit of a look into how the Sharks are navigating through a season in which they uh, find themselves near the bottom of the West Division standings. That's it for Locked on Wild for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the day, Wild fans.